All right. Okay, who was here Sunday for the ordination, for Matthew's ordination? Wasn't that just an amazing... We got to witness literally what we were teaching or what we were studying and reading in that very week. And it just was amazing to witness Pastor Michael give that charge to Matthew to go through. And given our time, I think it speaks for itself. I'm sorry if you weren't there. It was just a moment that witnessed, honestly, it felt like we were watching a glimpse and stepping on to holy ground because what is that charge but to send out the next and raise up the next the next leaders to go out and send and give that message to the next generation it was just a witness and as we have been studying these chapters they all just literally came alive in my mind as we watched what was happening right before us as pastor michael read those charges as Paul gave those charges to Timothy to preach the word, to be prepared in season and out of season, to correct, rebuke, encourage, to be sober and to endure hardship, to do the work of an evangelist, to fulfill his ministry. He gave him that charge to go out to the next generation and raise up the next generation and the next generation. And I stand in awe that that's the plan of the Lord, that he uses us to speak truth, to give hope. We are broken and flawed ourselves, but that is his design of how he has asked us to infiltrate this world. This world is, as we read, falling away, is going to fall away, is going to leave because they want to be entertained, they want their ears tickled, but he asks us to stand firm to each one of us, whether we are in a formal position or we are in the trenches, a mom, an employer, employee, worker, whatever calling, wherever you are, widowed, family, single, married, we all have, and that is what he has designed us to be, is in community with one another, to speak truth to one another, to be prepared, to just preach the word. Preach the word is to just, as we just finished with Esther on Wednesday night, to just to declare the good news. Sometimes in some conversations we have a dialogue with somebody and we have proofs and we have things that we want to point to, but in its essence, it is good news, it is truth, and it just needs to be declared and said, and it can stand on its own, for it is the power of God to save. So we just want to be witnesses to that as we go through day to day, whoever the Lord puts in front of us. And um, as I went through this chapter, what struck me and what I want you guys to hear, and I won't read um, the chapter since we are a little bit short on time this morning, but um, as we go through, I had um, this sense that regardless of where we are in life, as we consider 
Paul in prison and Timothy in the world dealing with false teachers, dealing with those who were coming against him. What is the overarching truth throughout this chapter, throughout these books, is that reminder of who God is. We see it as um, what Paul tells Timothy in the beginning of this chapter. He charges him because he is in the presence of God and of Christ who will judge the living and the dead. He will appear again. He is coming with his kingdom. And he reminds Timothy of who God is. He gives him this charge, and that's my first point in verses 1 through 4. One through five, we see Paul's charge, and he reminds Timothy of who God is and what he promises. And in light of this, go forward and fulfill your ministry. Remember who the Lord is. Remember that he is coming back. Remember that he is the righteous judge. So whatever is going on around you, stay your course, fight your fight, guard your faith. And I thought of, um, I was raised around horses, and so um, we'd put blinders on horses. And you especially see it on the racetrack. Um, I didn't, we didn't, weren't involved in that aspect of it, but regardless. Um, the, the blinders were put on the horses because their eyes are wide set. And so they have a very wide range of a peripheral vision. And so when they are easily distracted by what's going on over here, or they're easily spooked, they put blinders on them, so it forces their vision forward. It forces their vision towards the goal line. And that's what I see in Paul asking Timothy as he gives this charge. Keep your eyes forward. Remember who he is. Remember that he is your God and that he is returning. So regardless, these times are going to come. It's not that we are fighting to prevent this time, we are fighting for the people who are living in this time. And so you are going to come alongside and you are going to be the reminders to that next generation of who he is and that he is coming. And we will keep repeating that over and over and over again until our dying breath and until the Lord comes or until the Lord comes back. So keep your charge fulfill your ministry. And in verses 6 through 8, we see Paul's crown, and he speaks about being poured out as a drink offering. And he is able to say those words and to say that he fought the good fight and he finished the course and he kept the faith because he knows in the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Again, he has known the Lord so well, so closely, that he can say, I know, I know there is a crown of righteousness, and it's not only for me, but for everyone who loves his appearing. And Paul's view of God enabled him to live a life that was so sold out that he was willing to be poured out as a drink offering. And again, we come back to what is your view of God? Is he bigger than any fear you have? Is he greater than any need you have? Is he sovereign over every circumstance you find yourself in? Is he not gracious, compassionate, and loving? Again and again, these are the trials and the proofs of our faith. 
not to condemn us, not to say you don't have enough faith, you don't have enough understanding, but to say, okay, you are here, but now I want to take you here, and then I want to take you here, because there is always more. He is an infinite God, and there is always more that we can hold on to. And as we grasp and get those things in our hearts and our minds, we can live our lives as a drink offering, poured out for wherever we are called, and know, and know, and know that he is our God. Um, as we go through, I mentioned earlier, our, our next week's um, lesson is going to be a review of First and Second Timothy. And we have uh, been going through and studying what this looks like practically. But I want you, as you face this review, to go through and see and look for God in these passages. Look for what you are learning about who he is, what he says, what is true, what he is like, what is his character. Be in awe of God. It even, again, that song we sang, we live in awe of him. As our awe of him increases, our faith increases, our obedience increases, because we know it is our God that we are serving. What is man? So we can go forth boldly and live. Be in awe of God, and these chapters won't be a list of duties to perform, but a life lived in worship to the one who has called you and made you his own. In verses 9 through 13, we see Paul's comfort. And he asks Timothy to come and to bring his cloak and his books. And I see that Paul's comfort is found in fellowship and the word and the warmth of his cloak, which I do love and appreciate that because I'm always cold. But Paul needs comfort. He needs fellowship. When we are in those hard places, I hear again and again, oh, I didn't want to reach out. I didn't want to bother you. I didn't. I felt bad calling. Do not, I encourage each one of you, don't let, that is the enemy trying to isolate and keep you from fellowship. Reach out to your sisters, reach out to pastors, wherever, whoever your community is. Reach out and grab and ask for that fellowship. He wants each one of us. We are used in community to speak truth to one another, to lean on one another, to pray for one another. It is okay, and it is the enemy who will put that thought in your mind to say, oh, I just feel bad. I'm always calling, or I always feel that need. Don't let the enemy steal that fellowship from you. And I want to encourage you, we also saw in this little snippet, um, Damas and Mark, and if you know a little bit, have studied other chapters, that that Mark is John Mark, who Paul sent away, did not deem able to continue in a time of ministry with him. But we see now he has been restored. He has been brought back. He is, and Paul is even asking him again for his fellowship. So regardless of how you've started, regardless of how you stumble, we are all, as we 
continue to keep learning and growing, we will finish our race. He who has called us will help us through every step. It is that comparison to Damas who in the end loved this world and regardless of how he started, he fell away at the end. I'd rather have a false start and finish well than a start that is right on the dot when the gun blows, but falter at the end. I just love that encouragement and that reminder that regardless of those stumbles we have along the way, we are not disqualified unless we choose to walk away. Paul's concern in verses 14 through 15 was regarding Alexander. And again, we see it is because of Paul's knowledge of who God is that he's not concerned other than to say be warned and be aware, but otherwise, let the Lord repay him. Paul's view on God enabled him to trust the Lord to handle the situation. And again, when we know who he is, his character, his love, his mercy, as we saw also on Sunday in Pastor Matthew's message. Um, we can trust, when Jonah was asked to go to Nineveh, we can trust his mercy when the Lord asks us to go to those hard places because we know who he is. And I love what um, Matthew said in that, don't let your hurt become your hate. Guard against that. That was, that was a really good message. Um, Paul's confidence in verses 16 through 18. Um, At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. Again, the Lord stood with me. He strengthened me. He has been using me so that the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. And we see when we are going through those hard times, again, we do not lose our hope in him because of our faith and trust and knowledge of who he is. But rather, if we will turn to him, it will be in those moments you will know his love and you will taste a glimpse and get to join in the fellowship of his suffering, as Paul has talked about in Philippians. And when we do that, we enjoy that sweet fellowship that you would never otherwise experience with your Lord and Savior. It is how he makes himself known to us. So instead of fighting against it, Humble yourselves and ask him to show you what it is, who he is. How can I grow from this? Because we see Paul break out in worship, and your worship won't, can't help but overflow out of a heart that has known the presence of his Savior or of your Savior. And then finally we see in Paul's community, verses 19 through 22, when he sends greetings, and he knows the greetings of the others and says, um, these are our people. This is who we're doing fellowship with. This is who we're, we are co-laboring with. 
we know each other, we spend, even if we are separated from each other, we know that we are all working together. And as we finished even um, this last month of March, of um, the missions month, and I thought of them too, and we talked about this in, in our meeting, that you know, just because the month's over doesn't mean the mission field is over for these missionaries. So whether it's formally with them, but even alongside others who you know are in the trenches, send greetings, text, email, whatever form of greeting that now finds ourselves in. We don't have letters so much anymore, although I kind of miss that because I, you get that handwritten letter and I have letters written by my grandmother that I can just pull out and see her handwriting and it reminds me of her and it's, I think that's a lost art, I don't know if it's an art, but a, a, a lost tangible connection, I guess, that we have with our previous generations that I miss, but regardless, the idea is the same. Those encouragements of hope when you're in a hard place, the Lord uses those and reminds us to keep going. It is sometimes, how many times have you heard when we were at our lowest and we got that word from a friend, a sister, that says, I've been praying for you. It really, really does make a difference. So pray about who you can continue to reach out to and, and send greetings to. And finally, Paul says, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Paul reminds them once again, he may be leaving this earth. He is passing on, but the Lord is the one who is with them. They will carry on. And I love that he says, grace be with you, because grace will always be enough. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for how you continue after us. You continue to show us your grace and your mercy, how you long to dwell with us, how you long to show us more of who you are, how you long to use us as we turn and we walk forward, not because of any skill you've given us, any um, ability of any knowledge, but we face those fears because of who you are. And we go forward trusting you, whether we are, we're, we're not necessarily in a physical prison, but we find ourselves in all kinds of other prisons, but let us say, we know you, we love you, we trust you, our hope is in you, and we are in awe of who you are, and so we will use this time to worship you. We bless this morning as we continue in our study. Father, redeem this time, draw out the message that you have given each one of us to share among our groups and lead us well. In Jesus' name, amen.